I Suck at Dating with Dean Ungler, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey guys, my name is Dean Unglert, and I suck at dating. I don't know how this happened, but it seems like overnight I became the poster child for just being horrible at dating. And this is what it's come to. I currently am uh, launching a podcast to work through this. Not the uh, most proud moment of my life. I would probably say my college graduation was, uh, was number one. This probably isn't even the top 100, but we're doing it anyways. <laughs> oh, let's, let's introduce... Uh, Everyone we got in the studio, we got Easton, who is getting married on Saturday. Hello, thank you. Thank you for being here. It's great to be here. I'm really excited. I'm excited to spend my last week as a bachelor here with you, <laughs> yes. learning, learning some, some skills. We've got a few more days. Um, congratulations again. We've got Mark, who is happily married 15 years. 15 years married. Yes, sir. I don't know that I could give you any advice, but if it comes up, I'm happy to try. And as we just discussed, he met his wife when he was 26, which is my current age. I was 26, and she was 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was Mark, was there ever a moment where you sucked at dating? Oh, all of it. <laughs> I never stopped until I met her and it w- and it was like it's like what you have told me you're looking for, where it's just as easy uh-huh. and it all falls into place. And that's what that's what happened when you met her. Yeah, no more games. Because everybody else is playing games. Oh, do I call back? When do I call back? Should I wait for them to call back? And now of course there's texting there wasn't at the time. <laughs> but there was all the games. But with Amy, there were no games. Okay, gotcha. And then, how about yourself, Easton? When did I meet my wife? Yeah, to I'd be? love to hear. Uh, we met working at a movie theater together ten years ago. Okay, and it took five years to get uh, to the point where we were dating. We were friends for that time. Okay, so it was a very long vetting process. But uh, <laughs> but just like Mark said, it was it was so easy once it started. Once it actually happened, and uh, and uh, I, I'm a big fan of being friends first. I think oh, yeah. that was a that was a cool thing to do because we knew each other. I, she knows me better than anyone else in the world. Mm-hmm. And I know her, I assume, better than anyone else in the world. Uh, and uh, I'm really excited to spend the rest of my life with her. I love that. So I'm a big advocate of being friends with someone before you date them as well. For you, was it an awkward transition to go from a friendship to a romantic relationship with her? Uh, no, it wasn't. But I was afraid of it because I had another friend uh, previously that things uh, took a romantic turn and did not end very well. Oh. Now we are not friends. <laughs> so I was worried about that happening. But um, but it was uh, it was meant to be. Yeah. I'd say. So I have a similar experience to that too. Um, I dated a girl in Los Angeles who was in our friend group. We hung out probably every weekend with you know a big group of friends, whatever it is, and that eventually evolved into a romantic relationship. And we dated, um, and we still operate very much in the same friend group. But it just is a little it's a little tricky sometimes to navigate that. You know, sometimes past feelings come up. I guess when you're hanging out, sometimes you just don't even want to be seeing them w- w- flirting with anyone else. Um, so yeah, it's good that you've kind of experienced both sides of that though. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) So, uh, let's start this podcast with your advice. Everywhere I go, people give me advice on dating and I'm definitely open to it. I think that's the whole reason for, for starting this podcast to, to fix my suckiness at dating. Um, so let's start with Moran. Moran, are you there? It's Moran. Moran. I'm sorry. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for calling in. What, uh, what advice do you have for me? Um, well, me and my friend Nikki, Nikki says hi. Hey, Nikki. Hey. (laughs) We wanted to say that next time you're stuck in a love triangle or just, you know, you're dating one girl, we should be super honest with them. But if it's a love triangle, I think it's best that you leave both girls and take time to like be with yourself. So, so honesty you think is the most important thing? I do think honesty is the most important thing because I think like, if, for example, in Paradise, if you are, like, more honest 
with Christina, she probably would have understood it more and like you would have had less backlash because I kind of thought the backlash sucked because people weren't like mature enough to understand what was going on, you know? Right. And that was, and that really sucked. I didn't like seeing that, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. Moran, have you or Nikki ever been in a love triangle? I've been in your situation, yes. And I am, they both don't know each other. Oh. So, so do you think, but don't you think you're kind of being dishonest there? I think that they're not even on the same coast, so I'm okay. <laughs> okay, I'm but. I'm not a good person. <laughs> no, Moran, it's okay. But if you were on the same beach as the two guys, then you would be openly honest with, with them about everything. Honestly, with the two guys right now, and that were to happen, I would leave both of them if they were on the same beach because that's just that's too stressful for me. And I think <laughs> convenience is like the most, most important thing. So right. Yeah, I Mar- wouldn't be able to do Maron, we will not cast you for next Bachelor in Paradise, but thank you so much for the time for calling what? in. <laughs> you're, you're, By you're the gonna, way, yeah. you, you answered me and my friend Nikki on Twitter, and it was, we were in Italy at the time, <laughs> and we screamed so loud we probably scared all the italians but it was the most exciting thing that's happened to us we love you we hope i'm glad we finally got a chance to talk you guys are so amazing thank you so much you're amazing thank you (laughs) have a good day all right next (laughs) (laughs) next is savannah north carolina uh savannah do you have any sound advice for me (laughs) hi yeah i thought this was a joke but here you are Um, (laughs) yeah i called um mostly just to see where the number went. But my advice was um, that you were a real fan favorite on The Bachelorette because you were so open with Rachel and treated her with such kindness. And I think um, the transparency shifted when you were on Bachelor in Paradise. So I think my advice would just be try to channel the way that you behaved on that first kind of round with Rachel because that was what a lot of people we're really impressed by. So, Savannah, you think it's transparency not just in what relationships, but just of every facet of life or anything specifically? Yeah, I mean, I think this, this is so funny. But, yeah, I think I think the reason that a lot of people were really charmed and impressed was because you were so transparent about all of the things that you had going on in your life in addition to kind of your feelings in the relationship. And I think, I don't know, I think I heard you made a point about um, – the love triangle on Bachelor in Paradise that just like you felt like you were being transparent with everyone, but I feel like Danielle and uh, Christina didn't really know the full scope of what was going on on the other end. So I think maybe just being fully open about what was going on or trying to allow everyone to have full agency in their decisions by knowing all information. Yeah, I understand that. And even watching it back, I, I think that I maybe in the moment I thought I was telling the truth, but I was probably not right. as honest as I should have been to spare the feelings of whoever I was talking to. So that definitely makes sense. Right. Yeah. I think it was, it was kind of like completely painful to watch kind of your reaction throughout the season. Cause you kept putting these self deprecating comments on the internet and we were like, okay, everyone makes mistakes. It's okay. But yeah, I did not, did not get a great cut on that one. Yeah. Oh, well, there's always next time, I guess, but um, <laughs> Savannah, thank you for calling in. Thank you for the advice. And I yeah, promise I'll course. continue to work on it. Yeah, good luck in the future. Cool for taking everyone's opinion. <laughs> yeah, of course. Take care. <laughs> yeah, have a good one. TN Sacramento, you say it's my eyes? What are you saying? <laughs> no, I was saying I feel like you're terrible at eye contact. <laughs> I've actually heard that quite a bit recently. <laughs> yeah, but it's so true. And I feel like when you're like saying something to somebody, it's so hard to believe it when you're like completely avoiding eye contact. 
them, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. And I do have maybe struggles with making eye contact. I think it basically is mostly during like the difficult conversations. And I think that's probably when it's most important. Um, but it's, it's, it is funny watching back these, uh, these TV shows and like not making eye contact the entire time. It kind of comes across as maybe even just like being scared or disingenuine, but that was never the case. It's just, I, I struggle with looking someone in the eyes, maybe when I'm telling them something they don't want to hear. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But I feel like if you work on that, I feel like that will help you a lot. Okay. So are, are you saying that you're good at eye contact? Yeah. I yeah. feel like, yeah. Cause I feel like. I feel like it's not even that you're, like, a little bad at eye contact. It just seems almost like you avoid eye contact, <laughs> like, 90% of the time. And so I just feel like it just, it's harder to take, like, when you're talking, it's harder to, like, believe what you're saying. You know what I mean? When yeah. you're just, like, avoiding looking at that person. No, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I, I definitely have to continue to work on that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay, I promise. If you ever see me on another Bachelor show again, I will be making eye contact the entire time, whether it's with the camera or the person I'm talking to, and I'll have you to thank for that. Perfect. You're very, you're welcome. Thank you, Tia. Have a great day. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay, so one thing we'll be doing with this podcast is each week we will be bringing in a dating experts of sorts. I'm, I'm in studio here with, with two experts, but <laughs> these may be more famously expert um, relationship gurus of sorts. So this week we'll be starting with Rachel DeAlto, the dating expert from Married at First Sight. Rachel, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so, Rachel, I'd love for you to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, I focus on dating and relationships. I'm a coach and like to help people find love or figure out if, if they want love um, and everything in between. So I work with singles and I work with couples and occasionally I marry strangers. So... <laughs> It's a, it's a whirlwind of, of activities. So outside of the show, Married at First Sight, you, you kind of do this full time. I do. Yeah, this is, this is a real gig. So I work with people every day. I coach them. Um, and, you know, like I said, it's, it's single. It's people looking for love. So if they're dating and having some troubles and people who are in relationships and want to stay in a relationship and want to work through some, some challenges, uh, as you know, I mean, they, they arrive. So mm -hmm. Yeah, I do it. Do it on the uh, off TV as well. Love it. So, what, what kind of like training do you have for it? Uh, I used to be a lawyer, so I'm really good at splitting people up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I am a certified coach, so I decided to leave law. I was a litigator, and you know, did what every lawyer does: leave the law and become a coach and focus on love and dating. Um, so I went back to school and became a coach, and then I went back and got a uh, hypnotherapist training too. Oh, wow. So I'm big into yoga and meditation. And does, and does, the, hip does the hypnotherapy so play into the, the married at first sight um actually yeah i've done it quite a few times with uh the cast on married at first sight we um we did a whole hypnosis for sonia last season uh season four where she was deathly afraid of dogs and i don't think they showed any of it on on the show but we did a hypnosis and all of a sudden she was fine with dogs ah. and i've done it for other people uh off tv too that have been a part of it just to kind of you know release any anxiety sometimes i don't know if you had this being on tv can cause some <laughs> some anxious moments oh yeah absolutely so i like to help them out on the on the uh, outside as well so what what are some common mistakes that you see well i think 
the biggest thing that I see over and over again is people date very unintentionally. Um, and I may have seen this a little bit uh, watching a little Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you love dogs, so I, I think you're awesome. Um, <laughs> but I think that, like, a big mistake that I saw was it was very unintentional. And I think people do that a lot. We get into a situation where we kind of just go with our feelings and kind of that euphoria feeling, and it leads us in a bunch of different directions, and we have no intention to it. So you're just kind of like all over the place. Um, I like to call that kind of the, you know, the blue shirt at Marshall's. You know, you go into Marshall's, and I don't know if you shop, I go into Marshall's with TJ Maxx, no shame, and I walk in, I get so overwhelmed because there's just like options everywhere, and it's kind of like a candy store, and it's just a lot. Um, but when you date intentionally, you can go in and be like, I want a blue shirt. And all of a sudden at Marshall's or DJ Maxx, you know, you see a blue shirt popping out everywhere. And it's kind of the same thing with dating, like know what you're looking for. And a lot of people don't know what they're looking for. But do you know what you're looking for? <laughs> well, let's use that. Let's use that then. So say you go into Marshall's <laughs> and you're looking for a blue shirt, but you're also looking for a red shirt, but you only have to get one shirt. Do you think that it's possible to date two people at the same time? Is it possible to go in and buy two shirts? all the shirts you want but you need to let the people know that you're getting all the shirts okay so as, uh, as long so, as the blue shirt knows that you're buying the red shirt yeah i'd be like i'm buying all these shirts i'm creating a wardrobe um but i'm going to be totally honest with you <laughs> and i'm going to be upfront about my intentions of like listen i don't want a relationship or i don't think i want a relationship um and i'm gonna go buy a bunch of shirts and see what happens and maybe like one gets a hole in it and i throw it out so you know there's you have to be intentional about it and right. you have to be very upfront and honest. And I think that's the other thing too, is the biggest mistake is people are just not like they, they protect each other's feelings, um, you know, and you end up saying some white lies and it gets into a snowball. So just be honest with people. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people aren't honest. They like to kind of make someone feel better or, not being honest with themselves about what they're actually looking for. So that was kind of my thing too, especially going into paradise. I wanted to to go in and be as honest as I possibly could have. And maybe that, maybe that's kind of what happened. I got stuck in like possible like uh, white lies because I wanted to spare the emotions of, of the girls, I guess. I don't know. Did you, you said you watched it. Could you like maybe give me your um, kind of like synopsis of it? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I got the impression that you were a really nice guy. Uh, and I know that the F boy thing has been thrown around a lot. Ooh, I hate um, it. And I, I totally get, I get that you hate it, but I also get why people are saying it <laughs> because, and I mean this in like the most compassionate way of you seem like a nice guy, but like you end up in this state where you're trying to be nice to everybody. You're trying to people please. And all of a sudden you're in these situations where you're trying to kind of keep everybody's feelings in check, but you know, you end up kind of snowballing the problem. So I think there was another level of honesty that was needed of, you know, but also keeping other people's feelings in mind in a different way of like, how do my actions affect this person before I do certain things? Right. Um, I think that's, but that's like, you got to grow into that, you know? And, and I think, from what I saw is like, there's a lot of lessons that were, that were able to be learned there. Right. One of the things that I've definitely noticed I needed to work on is, is maybe being more upfront about like saying no to people. I've never really been good at saying no before. So, um, I guess when you say, you know, I, I wanted to spare everyone's feelings, that's, I mean, that's, that's exactly how I looked at it. I never really want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I understand maybe if I nipped it in the bud earlier on, then nothing would have happened or nothing would have transpired to maybe upset uh, either of them as much as, as they were, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the the impression I got that you kind of got there and you're like a kid in the candy store. And it was like, this is great. You know, I'm going to buy all the shirts. Um, and it just kind of snowballed from there. But, yeah, saying no to someone, but also being aware of, like, you know, the, what's going to happen when someone starts to catch feelings. Right. You know, and, and thinking beyond yourself. You know, I think that nice guys make bad moves, too. So it's not like, you know, this doesn't demonize you as a person, but like, yeah, you probably should have stepped back and been like, am I leading this person down the wrong path? Should I say no from the start instead of kind of allowing it to evolve on its own? Um, you know, there's there's definitely more honesty, more no's, more kind of like stops along the way that I think could have made a big difference mm-hmm. in preserving those relationships. But even like on Ellen, <laughs> I watched that clip too. And she was ready to kind of keep things going. Christina, like, made, to me, and, and I don't know what the rest of the audience saw, yeah. is, is it seemed like she would give you another chance. And it's like, you got to stop it. Like, don't lead her on. Um, you know, give it a stop put. Or don't, but be honest with her. Mm-hmm. I was just telling um, the, the the people that we have in studio right now that I think that, like, I, I just don't want to necessarily, and maybe this is where my biggest um, fallback is like, I don't like the idea of compromising anything that, um, currently like kind of makes up who I am, you know, like the ideas, whatever it might be. I just don't, if, if I have maybe some, some sort of gripe with someone that I'm like pursuing romantically, then I kind of, um, take that and, and, you know, kind of give me an inch and take it a mile sort of thing. I get in my own head. Okay. So what kind of gripes are we talking about? Um, that's a, that's a good question. Maybe disagreements along the lines of, uh, I don't know, like maybe what it means to be in a relationship, what we plan to do moving forward, like all that kind of stuff. Maybe that's too soon for that, but just kind of like more relationship centric stuff, not like grammar or anything like that. Okay. Okay. So these are valid things. Maybe the relationship's moving too fast. Okay. So were you totally into her? Yeah. Okay. Beyond a physical attraction. And this is a fun person to hang out with. Yeah. I think one of the things that drew me most to her was that, uh, she, is incredibly interested in the most like ridiculous things. And and I like to talk about like ridiculous ideas, like, you know, just like random thoughts and she's able to like contribute and like have her own like interesting ideas. Like there's, there's a lot of like depth to her. And it was, it was definitely more than just a physical attraction. I mean, of course I was, I, I thought she was beautiful and um, you know, even obviously like looking, looking back and, and watching um, I mean, she's a, a beautiful woman, but there was definitely a lot more to it than just that. I don't know. I think this kind of, I, I mean, at least my take on it is like the self-sabotage sort of thing is like when you see things going right, you find reasons to maybe make them go wrong. Okay. Is that a pattern that you have? I mean, in prior relationships, have you had significant prior relationships before these shows? Yeah, I would say I was only really in love once before and I was young. I was like 15, 16, 17. Um, but okay. I've, I've had like longer relationships. I, I mean, last year I, or yeah, last year, my girlfriend of a year and I broke up and, um, you know, I don't think that the feelings were as strong with her as they were with Christina, which is kind of weird to think about, but. Okay. So where does the self-sabotage come into that? I don't know. I think that maybe even Christina and I talked about it at one point too. I think that maybe having lost my mother and having been so close to her, like, like the possibility of like growing so close to someone again just to possibly lose them is like challenging maybe yeah i mean for sure obviously you suffered a that's a traumatic you know especially with someone in that female role um and that could be a huge part of it so you know but your choice now is to recognize that and you know 
not sabotage, but was it sabotage or, you know, was there a connection with Danielle too? So that's kind of the question that you have to figure out. Like we like to label a lot of things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it, it all falls into that basket. Yeah. Well, that situation was difficult too, because Christina hadn't done, really done anything wrong. And Danielle um, was great as well. And that she never really did anything wrong either. So I didn't really have a, re- like a real legitimate reason to break up with one of them to pursue the other. You know, it was both women are great. Um, I don't know exactly like which one of them is better. Like, I don't like, you know what I mean? They they never, there was never like a moment that they did something wrong where I was like, okay, I can't date this person anymore. It was, it was always just like good thing after good thing. Um, and so maybe that was like the, the challenging thing too. Like when neither of them are doing anything wrong, like I didn't really have a, like a, a reason to end things. Yeah. So the impression I got is that you shouldn't probably have been in a relationship with either of them. Um, <laughs> just, you know, from the outside looking in, the, the the vibe I got off you. And again, like you seem like an awesome guy. You love puppies. Like, that's awesome. Uh, but I think that, you know, there's especially in that situation, there's a lot of, you know, that energy of just fun and excitement. And this is, again, it's like a candy store and you're a kid running wild in it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just want to say like out loud, there's nothing wrong with, with not wanting to be in a relationship at the moment. Do you feel like you get into relationships kind of like accidentally sometimes? Um, I definitely think that. But so how, how do I handle okay. that on my end and say, you know, because I did want to go into it with a fun mentality. You know, you're in paradise, you're on a beach and you want to have fun with your friends and, you know, meet new people. But then if the other person is growing um, feelings much more quickly, like how do you kind of meet in the middle and have like a good common understanding of what's going to happen? You're in control of that. So you're driving the bus. Um, and I say that to whoever has, you know, the receiving end of the emotions of someone else, you're driving the bus. So you are slowing down, you're speeding up, you are taking care of kind of the speed of the relationship or the lack thereof a relationship. So if you are enjoying someone's company and, you know, part of this is that intentional dating of like understanding, like, maybe I just want to have fun right now and that's okay. But you have to recognize when you start to see someone that, you know, starts to get the feels, starts to demand more of you or want more of you or ask more of you. And it's more than you want to give at that time. But the people pleaser side of all of us wants to say, like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings. So I'll just float into this relationship. You got to drive the bus. You got to take the wheel. And I think that's kind of where the, the disconnect happens and probably why there was room for Danielle to come in and have this whole triangle is because, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, that's what I wanted. I wanted to have fun. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm in this whole situation. Yeah. So you're, you have to put the brakes on it, you know, and, and that's where that like radical honesty comes in where you're like, no, I get it. Like, I understand. I'm awesome. I'm so glad that you want to be in a relationship <laughs> with me. And I think that's, that was also kind of in the back of my head, unfortunately, too, is, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it was a Bachelor franchise show. And I think maybe I had ingrained in my head, like, you're supposed to be dating multiple people. You're supposed to be, um, you know, kind of exploring and and dating as many people as you kind of can or the ones that you're interested in, at least. So I guess maybe I kept justifying my actions while I was in the moment, but then obviously taking a step back and watching it happen uh, on TV wasn't obviously the best thing. So, yeah, well, you can date all of them. It's just a matter of that that radical honesty of like, hey, listen, I'm not interested in the relationship. And then there's also the people that are attracted to pursuing people who say they're not interested in relationships. I see that all the time, especially with women who want to validate their ego or guys too. You know, it goes vice versa, where all of a sudden, oh, you're unattainable. Now I'm going to work even harder. Um, so it's not that you know it's all on you. Like these people, obviously 
have some responsibility to, you know, anyone in these type of situations. But at the end of the day, you are the recipient of feelings and that's where it's like, you got to put brakes on it. Yeah. You have to. Absolutely. Um, well, Rachel, it's clear that I still have a lot of work to do to be good at dating. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to continue to work on it, but I definitely appreciate you uh, taking time to jump on the phone with us today. And um, I'm, I hope to maybe have you back and talk to you some more. Maybe, maybe we can talk about the progress next time we talk. I love progress. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, again, Rachel DeAlto from Married at First Sight. Thank you so much for the time and have a good day. Absolutely. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. So I figure in order for me to have future successful relationships, I need to get back to my origins and speak with the first kiss I've ever had. <laughs> and so we will be calling Zoe, who is my fifth grade girlfriend of, I want to say about a year, long time. And uh, maybe she can give us some insight. Maybe she has some speculation as to why i'm not so good at it now maybe she can speak it if i was good at it then how I, did you take us through it if you could by the way i love how uncomfortable you are <laughs> where was this elementary school what school this was uh basalt middle school i was a fifth grader middle school was fifth grade and where you grew yeah, up? But one through four was elementary five through eight middle wow. nine through 12 high um i think i and again i could be wrong zoe was maybe one of the most popular girls in school okay and i was a total dork <laughs> And I've been, I was a big dork for a long time of my life. What city is this? Uh, this is near Aspen, Colorado. Okay. So the next city down. And so just the entire time I knew I was overachieving. And Did you make a move to ask her on a date of some sort? I honestly, I, I wish I remembered how it happened. I think she texted me asking to go to a movie. And then... You both had phones in fifth grade. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, we racked up that cell phone bill <laughs> high. My parents were not very happy with me. And it's funny too, because literally it was thousands and thousands of text messages, but just to her. And yeah, we went to we went to a movie together. And what uh, movie? I think it was like some shark movie. I don't want to say Jaws, obviously, but <laughs> it was great. It was. <laughs> well, let's see if she remembers. <laughs> yeah, is she on? Yeah, Zoe, are you there? Yeah, hi. Uh, hi, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for uh, for taking the phone call. Yeah, of course. This is already really weird, but um, so obviously, I, you know, I touched base a little bit with you about what this is. Um, yep. I don't know if you watch Bachelor or Bachelor in Paradise, but I was on both of those shows and I'm historically bad at dating now. And um, <laughs> you're the first girl I ever dated. I, we were just talking about, you know, back in fifth grade, how we were, or you were my first kiss. Um, so we were thinking maybe like an origin story here about what it was like back then for you. Um <laughs> what 11 year old zoe could help 26 year old dean with now and then go from there perfect <laughs> so dive right into it zoe let's hear it uh, all right well the origin story about the kiss or in general just our relationship <laughs> you know i think it i think it started with um passing some notes back and forth but i don't think we actually spoke for about two months into it just via, via notes and texts via notes and texts and our, our friends i think did a lot of the talking for us which is just the best way to start any relationship, I think. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good start. Um, but then, uh, yeah, you were you were my first kiss too, and I remember we always make out outside of the high school basketball games, and <laughs> it was a good kiss. You know, I don't, I think you you probably only improved from that point. <laughs> I could only hope so. <laughs> I but hope so too. It's it is <laughs> it is definitely an interesting evolution for us to go from uh, trading notes back and forth for two months without really speaking. 
to then being the first couple really to kiss in the entire school, at least in our entire grade. Yeah, no, we we absolutely paved the way for everyone. So. And can can you talk talk a little bit about what those kisses were like? Because I was trying to describe them last week, and it was just <laughs> so incredibly awkward. Like our friends would gather around us, and they would like pressure us into it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they would almost they would kind of egg us on to do it, almost chanting our names. But uh, but I, you know, I think they would last kind of overly long for the situation. That was great. Yeah, it was the best. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so 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 let's fast forward because. This is the part maybe that I haven't um, shared so publicly is the moment that you crushed me and broke up with me. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's transition maybe into the latter half of our relationship. Um, yeah. I don't know what uh, what went on. What you weren't getting what you wanted from me. <laughs> you know, I, I was trying to think about this uh, when you texted me what happened, and maybe I'm mis- maybe I don't remember it correctly, but. Uh, I think it was around Valentine's Day, and I was finally really excited to have a boyfriend. And uh, then you didn't do anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe, I was 11 years old. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> well, I specifically remember having my dad take me to the store and, like, buy you some chocolates. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure it was awkward for him as well. That's definitely grounds for dumping someone. <laughs> well, that's good to know. This is literally my first time hearing that, so... Uh, I guess what you're saying is maybe I need to go more out of my way for a romantic gesture for whomever it is that I'm dating. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, never hurts. <laughs> that's amazing. I can't believe we've actually never talked about this. Yeah, I, I can't believe we haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So do you remember, because I think that we went to a movie for our first date, right? Do you remember what that movie was? I remember we went to one movie like Lord of the Rings, maybe halfway through our relationship and you slept the entire time. But I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to remember our first date. Well, I think what happened was, didn't we, all our friends kind of got us to go to the movie, and then we snuck into a different one, right? Uh, I I don't know, to be perfectly honest. Is that what happened? I think that's what happened, and then it was that, um, like, lizard movie. What was it called? I remember like, sh- I remember sharks for some reason, but it could have been Lord of the Rings. I definitely slept through Lord of the Rings. Yes, all of them. <laughs> um, yeah, every movie. And I know we did... <laughs> Uh, ditch all our friends to go make out in one movie theater. God, we were but so we were so badass back then. We were really badass, and that's probably why I don't remember what movie it was. Okay, so so moving forward, then let, now that you can take a step back, and I don't know, again, do you, did you watch like Bachelor in Paradise or anything like that? Um, I watched The Bachelorette. Bachelorette. Okay, so you saw me at my best and not at my worst. That's good. Yeah, I, I did. I um, did. <laughs> I guess knowing what you know now, and you know, obviously, we haven't really remained incredibly close, but like. What do you? What, what advice do you have for me to be better at dating, or what do you seek out in, in someone that you date that is like a main characteristic for you? Um, you know, I think you you did like you're so like fun and silly to be around and everything, but I think just kind of opening up more and letting people like more into your life and how you're really feeling with them things would probably be what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, because like every episode I saw, you were just like bubbly kind of like the peacemaker but it was kind of hard to tell like what you were actually feeling do you think that is uh encompassing of our relationship as well because we never really dove into the uh the emotions of it at, yeah, a, no, I, at 11 years old again yeah, yeah we were quite emotional then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't think we ever had one fight or anything i think we always just had fun <laughs> i think so i think there was a moment where I caught you texting some other guy, and I got really upset about it. But other than that, <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's great, Zoe. I, again, I appreciate you calling in. 
I know this is obviously just kind of weird, but <laughs> do you consider yourself more successful in relationships than I have been? Are you currently dating anyone? No, I'm not. <laughs> um, nope, I, I would not consider myself any more successful. Well, can you can you tune into this podcast every week and maybe we can get better together? Maybe we'll come full circle and reunite later in life. I don't know. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but basically what you're saying, don't forget Valentine's Day if you're dating someone because that's a deal breaker and that will forever haunt me, I think. <laughs> Yeah, or just yeah, do nice things for each other. Do nice things. I think, um, yeah, well, the five love languages, right? One of them is not necessarily gifts, but I I guess going out of your way to make sure that other person knows that you're valued in the relationship is important. Yeah, some good quality time together. Quality time. That's a great one. Um, Awesome. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have you jump off, but Zoe, again, I appreciate it. And um, hey, I'm actually I'm gonna be in Denver next weekend for the Broncos game, so maybe we can rekindle our. 11-year-old romance. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. Have a good day. All right. Bye, Dean. Bye. Wow. How'd that feel? <laughs> <laughs> I it's I get, uh, I don't know, the goosebumps just like hearing your voice again. again? <laughs> it's like I'm 11 years old all over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Zoe, Zoe is definitely a sweetheart. She She's dated, I think, some of my friends post, obviously, our fifth grade relationship, but uh, she's she's a great girl. So it's nice to, I guess, kind of speak to her again. So additionally, each week, one of the topics we'll discuss is, do you suck at dating if? So the premise behind it is, if you do something consistently, are you considered bad at dating? Whether it's leaving someone on red via text message, whether it's if you post something on Instagram without returning the text. One thing I've seen is if if you don't respond to a text or if someone's not responding to your text, you can send them a Snapchat because then it shows whether they open it or not. Um, I've seen that trick been used in many relationships in the past <laughs> and I, it's, I mean, it's smart. It's a, it's a way around to see exactly what's being screened in and out. Um, but every week we'll have one of these topics, uh, of do you suck at dating if, and maybe each week, uh, by each week, we'll be able to kind of narrow down what exactly it is that makes me and whomever else suck at dating. So this week, the topic is, do you suck at dating if you leave someone on red? 24 hours go by and no response via text message. I, I have my phone in my hands at all times, pretty much throughout the day. Um, I'm on, you know, obviously social, social media, texting, whatever it is. And I continue to, I, I, I do often forget to text people back, whether it's someone I'm dating or whether it's a friend or a sibling, whatever it is. I, I respond maybe in my head and I forget to actually respond in the text message. And I can see how that could come across as sucky. So that's my take on it. I think that there are certain times when um, you can send multiple texts and that's perfectly permissible. Um, I've definitely done that. But there are also other times when I think that if it's someone that I really care about, I, I want to make sure that I'm texting them constantly. But Caitlin in Pennsylvania, thank you for calling in. What do you think? Hey, Dean. All right. I think that no way. They don't suck at dating if you leave them on red because people have their own lives, you know? Well, let me ask you this. Do you use read receipts? I do, yeah. So do you ever purposefully leave someone on read? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it sends a message you want to you wanna send. You want them to like sweat it out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, I know this is like kind of immature, but if people leave me on read for a little bit, oh, yeah. like a day or two, if they text me back, I'll leave them hanging for like an hour. But want- I don't think I can usually 
go like a day. Do you want to know a little secret that I used to do? And this might take a second yeah, to I explain. Do. So I used to, when you, and you have an iPhone, I'm assuming. So let's just assume that. Yeah. If you have more than one message strain that's left unread, when you open your messages app, it opens up the list of them. And so I would have mm-hmm. reader seats on, but I wouldn't read every single message conversation because then like if I didn't read it and my reader seats were on, then they could always be like, oh, well, he didn't read it yet. So the, I don't have to get angry at him <laughs> for not responding. But then when I did want to respond, I would open it up and they would see obviously that I read it. So I don't right. know if that's something you want to do. I mean, you're you're more than welcome to take my idea, but just you know, just just a thought. Well, sometimes this is what I used to do. I used to scroll down like from the top, and you can see like a preview of the message, so you mm-hmm. can see if it's like important or not. Oh yeah. But if if you do that, don't update your phone. Why is that? That feature went away. Oh, so same premise. Yep. Okay, it just, just says iMessage. So. Oh no, you can change that. I think you got it. I mean, well, oh, that's, really? that's a topic for another time. Okay. (laughs) But Caitlin, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. And I've got a truly diabolical tip. Okay. On the same veins, what Caitlin is saying, if you want to leave someone undelivered for the rest of their lives, when the text message comes in, if if you haven't read it, delete the text message. Oh, yeah. It'll be undelivered forever. But what? So, and that's only if you. And that's and that's if you want the person to think, wow, this guy really does not want to read my text. (laughs) So let's say you delete that text message string, and then you go to send them a new message with an empty blank message thing does it still say read or does it say delivered it'll say delivered interesting wow well caitlin you're getting all kinds of ideas right now <laughs> perfect i love it thanks guys yeah have a great day <laughs> you too all right next we have jordan arizona who says leaving someone on red means you do suck at dating uh jordan how are you oh my gosh who is this this is dean no way this is jordan right yeah thank you so much for calling in this weekend um in las vegas yeah well now we're talking on the phone again everything comes full circle all right so let's talk about this you think that if you do leave someone on red and again this is assuming someone that you're dating you think that does make you sucky at dating yeah because if you're busy just tell the person you're busy or if you're not like you just need to be straight up and not date this person if you don't have time for them don't you think sometimes it's kind of a bit rude to say that you're busy because you're kind of by by saying that you're saying that what I'm doing now is more important than you. No, it's not because everybody has their own life. And if you're an independent person and you work or you do whatever, you need to know that about the other person before you start dating them and understand that they're busy too. That's a great point. I think something that I have struggled with before is I like to, I text a lot, right? I, I like to make sure that each of my text, especially with someone that I'm dating, are um, sincere and, and, and thought out and at least are responding to everything that at, w- was questioned maybe in the one before that, right? So sometimes if I'm at the gym, if I'm on the go, wherever it is, I don't have maybe enough time to sit down and craft out the response that I want. So I leave them on red to maybe respond to them later. But I can understand how that comes across as uh, maybe a bit rude in the sense that you're not giving them the the, the response right away. Yeah, all you have to do is say, hey, look, I'm here. I'll text you later. It's that famous quote that says, nobody's ever too busy. If they care, they'll make time, right? Exactly. Okay. Well, that that definitely makes a lot of sense. Jordan, well, um, we're going to jump off, but thank you for calling in. It was great meeting you this weekend. And Bye, Dean. Love you. <laughs> have a great day. You too. All right. Molly in Long Island. She's the queen, Bye. the self-proclaimed queen of leaving people on red. Molly, how are you? Good. How are you? Oh my gosh, it's so crazy to talk to you. No way. Thank you so much for calling in. All right, so Molly, you're the queen of leaving people on red, right? What? Oh my gosh, I do it all the time. What did you do to deserve that crown? So I was dating someone, and like 
we were dating for like over a year, and like I like was never really good at like texting back. So like I guess it just got to a point where I was just leaving him on read too many times, and he like thought I was like talking to someone else, but like I wasn't. So I don't know what his problem was. So so, so what was the reason for you leaving just, him on read? You just were busy. I just am not a good texter, and yeah. like he was just also clingy, you know. Yeah. So so maybe you need to find someone that's a little bit more comfortable with being left on yeah, like, because you're yeah, just going to do exactly. that anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like distant, like doesn't have to talk to me every second, you know? Maybe you just shouldn't have your read receipts on. I know. So after that, I turn them off. Like I don't have them on for anyone, except like sometimes I turn them on just like, you know, like for certain people just to piss them off. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's actually my follow-up questions because sometimes <laughs> you need to make sure that you someone yeah. knows you're leaving them on read, right? No, yeah. Sometimes I do it on purpose, but now I like have them turned off and like, Sometimes I like have them off like the whole conversation and like they start pissing me off. So I turn them on <laughs> to make sure they get the message loud and clear. Molly, it's without question that you are definitely the queen of leaving people on red. Thank you, Dean. I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling in. Have a great day. You too. Bye. All right, bye. All right. Now we have Sarah in Redondo Beach who says you don't suck at dating, but you suck at communication. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Thank you for calling in. All right. So you say that okay. it's not a dating issue. It's a communication issue is what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I think. I think that you just don't really know how to tell someone that you're not interested. So you just choose to ignore the message because you're kind of scared of that, like of hurting them, basically. Right. And this is this is definitely a common occurrence in my life. And I, I have recognized it recently and I'm working on it. I think that by being upfront and honest early is better than stringing them along. Right. So the, the, the brash communication is the most important thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Gotcha. Like, even if you're not interested, you just have to basically, yeah, be straight up and just tell them because the longer they're in it, the more they get invested and the more hurt they end up being at the end. So I'm going to go out on a limb, Sarah, and say that you don't often leave people on red. I try not to. I try to be upfront because then, like, if I leave them on red, it kind of strings them along. It makes them more interested and they're more likely to keep, like, texting me and not mm-hmm. like, just tell them that, how I really feel like, Hey, I just want to be friends. You know, I don't feel you that way. Let me ask you this on Instagram. When you send a message to someone, it says seen, is that the same premise or is this only for text messages? I think it's, I mean, I've never like slid into someone's DMs, but it's the same thing. Um, if, if it's someone that, I mean, it's one thing if it's a friend and they understand that you're uh-huh. busy and you'll write them back later, but for someone that's actually interested in you and they kind of make it clear and you don't respond to say, if they're asking you on a date or something, I'd say that's yeah, it kind of leads them on. Or it's so, not telling them how you feel. So, but don't you think that every conversation has to be left on read at some point? Because doesn't every conversation come to an end? Whether it's oh, the yeah. day. Oh yeah. I mean, instead of writing like, okay, I mean, if you've already said, if you already said your piece, and there's really nothing to respond, or they write something super boring, then yeah, no. But if someone actually is trying to tell you how they feel, mm-hmm. or like asking you, hey, do you want to go on a date? Or hey, gotcha. Do you want to meet up for this? Okay. Then, yeah, okay. So it's very situ- it's very situational, that. right? It depends on what the conversation oh, yeah. is. It depends what you guys are talking about. Mm-hmm, definitely. That makes sense. Yeah, because I guess if someone is asking you out on a date and you left them on red, it would be much different than someone, I don't know, telling you to meet them somewhere and leaving them on red, right? Yeah, I mean, if if they if they're talking about their feelings or basically if an like it requires a response to something, right. like yeah, they're asking you something versus just like, hey, what's up? Then yeah, you can just be like, I'll write them back, you know, in a few hours or whenever I'll talk to them. Are you are you a multi texter? Like, do you send like four messages at a time? I try not. To. I'm kind of the person that sounds like the lo- if I want to say something, I'll write like one long text. I'll probably be super annoying, but that's kind of what I do. Sometimes I enjoy I spamming do. people's inboxes. I enjoy sending like nine <laughs> messages. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I get I have friends that do that. It doesn't really bother me. I just tend to yeah, I write everything all at once. <laughs> oh, gotcha. All right, well, Sarah, that was amazing. Thank you for 
I guess that that definitely helps add a different dimension to the communication versus uh, rudeness of it all, right? So thank you for calling yeah. in. Thank you for sharing your opinion. And I hope you subscribe to the podcast and have a great rest of your day. Yeah, of course. Thanks. Have a great day, too. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that'll do it for the very first, the inaugural episode. Help, I suck at dating. And I'll tell you what, I already feel better. I feel like in only a matter of weeks, I will be significantly better at dating. And honestly, I owe it to my studio partners, Easton Mark. Thank you, Dean. Thanks, man. I owe it to the callers. I owe it to Rachel DeAlto. I owe it to Zoe. Thank you, Zoe and Christina. It's going to take a long time, but I am very hopeful and optimistic that with everyone's help, I can eventually not suck at dating. And it's a, a journey that I'm glad to have you all along with me. Thank you for listening to Help, I Suck at Dating. And hopefully next week, I'll suck a little bit less. Follow Help, I Suck at Dating with Dean Unglert on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.